you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and serving Him joyfully, being part of uh, everything good that God gives. And, and, and folks, we get it. There's a lot of you guys out there with PTSD. There's a lot of people out there that their worlds are upside down, their lives are upside down, and uh, you've hung around with some people that stink maybe. Maybe you're the person who stinks. You know what I found out the other day? There's an idiot in every group, and if you can't figure out who it is, go look in the mirror, bro. Praise God and, and get that right. What's going on with you, Kevin? Man, I'm having a good time just <laughs> laughing and having. Uh, yeah, we might go to Army Story Time too <laughs> on here, brother. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was just telling Kevin an Army Story about the. I used to take care of my grass. Those of you who've never been in the military, you wouldn't understand that. But Kevin, here we are. I mean, there's something good coming, and and this will remind you. Here we go. Here it says, uh, "Who in the Bible?" had the great business plans, the greatest business plans. The greatest business plans. So, um, it's a play on words, brother. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> as you sure. know, these fourth grade. Yeah. Riddles. Yeah. Yeah. Business plans. It's gotta be the profits, right? They had the greatest business plan. They were, they were going to make money. I, it's a play on words, brother. <laughs> oh, profits. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. That, yeah, yeah that's, a, it's yeah. not the best. So. That's, <clears throat> what's going on with you kevin man i um laughing joking yeah having a good time a merry heart doeth good like a medicine and uh i'm You're with here, i'm here with for, one of the funniest guys i know me here for the next two weeks <laughs> and and uh and uh, then where do you head from here um then sir i go to uh ohio and up to um uh michigan and, and then, uh, Lord willing, I'm going to catch a ferry with my 60 feet of rig and catch a ferry. It's going to be expensive, but it, uh, it's going to take me over to see a, a daughter on the other side, which is in Wisconsin. Yeah. And I took that ferry. i got to be up front with you folks. I took it with a car. It was expensive then, but someone in the church bought me the ticket. So all I had to do was be down there at 6.30 in the morning, roll that car on there. And uh, it went from Michigan over by Milwaukee somewhere. I think just a little north of Milwaukee South. I don't remember. Sheboygan or something. I, I, but I remember drinking that coffee out there and eating an egg sandwich and spending about two hours crossing that water out there. Mm. Oh, that beautiful drone sound. And, and <laughs> And, uh, USS Badger. Oh, yeah, man. What a difference that made. Folks, we're talking about different characteristics, different things we do with PTSD, different things we do when we're upside down. And one of those things is we're respecters of people, we're hero worshipers, however you want to say it. When, mm -hmm. So we get this PTSD and we, we love on people and we they're loving on us a little bit and that's all great, but they're not God. And can mm -hmm. I tell you something? The Bible says that all of every one of us uh, have to be quickened. So we're dead and uh, until we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then we still have a death sentence in ourselves, is what the Bible says. We, we still have a death sentence. And uh, that means the, Paul was over there, and he was in Asia. And uh, he, he said, man, they came after us. We feared even for our lives. We were upside down. But he said, but then we remembered 
that we had a death sentence in our lives anyway. As it says over there in Hebrews, it's appointed once to a man to die. So we don't want to be worshiping. We don't want to be loving. We don't want to be trusting on people. It's okay to do that, but we want to give all that to Christ. You know, the Bible tells us, but Jesus said unto them in Matthew 8, 22, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. And this is a conversation between Jesus and a man. And this man saying, do I follow him? Do I uh, keep with the people I've been following? Do I trust the rabbis? Do I trust my heroes and stuff like that? And you know what God said to him? Let the dead bury the dead, Kevin. I mean, you can't get a better statement than that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Our savior is alive and well, and, and let's go ahead and plug in again to the, uh, to the living savior. He's the only hero that's worthy. You know, everyone's got their flaws and it's true. You know, when you go through some, when you go through junk, a lot of times you want security. You want to surround yourself with kind of an exclusive, uh, an exclusive club mentality where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to pull in my trust level. I'm going to have a couple people that I'm going to hold close to me. This, this, uh, talking about preachers, um, you know, this is the, this is going to be the preacher, you know, this is going to be the guy and everyone else is just going to have to be garbage, you know, or, or just, you know, they're just not going to be worthy. And, um, you know, Paul talked to the Corinthians who, who was a, quite a bunch of people. And he say, he said, uh, in first Corinthians one twelve. now this, I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul and I have Apollos and I have Cephas and I have Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So the idea that that you you can't have a, 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 a larger understanding that hey, a bunch of men are all just a bunch of men, and whoever God sent to you to bless you and to be your preacher, let him be you know kind of the number one preacher, and he's the one that you invest your prayer and your love in. He's the one that's going to come see you when you're sick. But, uh, you know, just talking about preacher worship, boy, we live in a day where America's churches have been really hurt, I think, because of the notion that uh, there can be, you know, one other pastor somewhere else, some, some celebrity type of individual. Nowadays, it's YouTube. You know, the, I'm going to get my church on YouTube, and there's a fave there. You know, I subscribe to him. Well, you know, again, Christianity has been hurt by this notion that we're just not going to be part of a local assembly. We're not going to, you know, put our eggs into that basket. And, you know, Paul was pretty plain about it. And so on one hand, we do need to assign uh, to, to someone, you know, that they're going to be my pastor and I'm going to, they're going to be the one that I pray for and love on. And, and uh, the Bible says that they are helper of our joy. But, you know, um, Paul said, let a man so account of us as talking about the apostles or preachers as if the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So he's basically saying, you know what? I am just a a minister. I'm a servant and a steward. In other words, I'm just a manager that God's put me uh, in charge with a trust, and and that's that's all that we're going to be. So when you're going through junk, you know, be careful about surrounding yourself. Say, man, I'm just going to, you know, sequester myself with my YouTube channel. I know people that do that. And you know what? It hinders them. It makes them wonky. They get imbalanced. And a lot of times they become current event uh, followers instead of uh, Christ followers. And the Corinthians had a real problem with that. I don't want to be that way. Mm-hmm. 
Caught me swallowing some water here, folks. That's some of the best stuff. That, you know, we don't often get caught swallowing water, but here we are. We're in the book of John. We're continuing moving forward with the life of Christ. And there's so many lessons learned. And, and pay heed uh, to what Kevin just shared with you from the Bible. Uh, we need not be respecters of men. We need to be respecters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and, and folks, when, when that gets right, when everything's put in perspective, there's a balance. And let me tell you something about balance. God's number one. The rest of the world falls under this balance thing. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. And then your family comes in and your church comes in. But I'm here to tell you, God's got to be number one. He's got to be the dude in your life uh, because he is the one. Verily, verily, it says over in John 6, starting in 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, did I ask the joke today? Yeah, we did the joke. See, this is what happens when you have a burnt out mind. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he believeth on me have everlasting life. So God's saying it's a belief system. It's not a work system. It's not do this, do that. It's not a step system. You believe on me, you have eternal life is what the Bible says. And it even says why. It says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Again, he's dealing with the let the dead bury the dead. Your fathers ate manna. Your fathers ate from heaven. That that's cool. I'm glad you like them. I'm glad you respect them. I'm glad you have your favorites. I'm glad you're turned on by the idea of Moses. I'm glad you talk about Elijah. I'm glad all this is going on. But let me tell you something. They're all dead people. I'm life. I'm the bread of life. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Then Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eat eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, have eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so that he that eateth me even he shall live by me. This is that bread which come down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna. They are dead, and he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Folks, you want to talk about choosing a good thing is who you're a respecter of, dead people, people who are going to be dead, or the one who gives us eternal life. That's some pretty exciting stuff. We'll be right back. Hey, hang with us for a second. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Well, praise God. Assurance of everlasting life over and over again throughout that verse is Jesus emphatically is is once again saying, listen, I 
You believe in me, you're saved. You believe in me, you get to go to heaven. You believe in me, you believe in these dead people, you don't get to go anywhere. Again, he's telling us he's the bread of life. He's making a comparison to manna because they're constantly wanting this public food store. They're constantly <laughs> wanting to be provided with everything, Kevin. You know, they want aisle number one over here at Publix. They, mm. uh, you know, they want the meat aisle. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in this passage of Scripture, I was looking for it there, um, Jesus alluded to the fact that your fathers, you know, gave you bread and and it, you know, went away and they're dead. And Jesus is saying, I'm telling you, get the bread in you that I give. Get me in you and you'll have bread. You'll have sustenance. You'll have what you really need. Basic human needs, you know, food, water, that kind of thing. And then basic, you know, emotional needs, security, love, all that kind of thing. So Jesus Christ brings you the base. He's the basic need meter. And um, they they were stuck on this thing that, you know, Moses is our hero. So we're comparing you, Jesus, to Moses. And that, again, you know, going to the idea of PTSD and, and struggles and trauma, we can get that way. We can become jaded toward anyone else that doesn't match up to who we look back to as bringing the good times or something that's associated with the good times. And, you know, some of the best advice I've had in, 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 in some deep, dark trauma that I've been through um, was those times are gone forever. Kevin, those times, they're not going to come back. If things are changed. Everything is going to be changed. And it really is a different life, and it's a, a different chapter, excuse me, it's a closing of the other chapters. And um, you know what? That that helped me. And it helps, I think, anyone that's suffering to just kind of, you know, say, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's what God told the Israelites when Joshua came along. Moses, my servant, is dead. I've raised up Joshua. Now let's go take the land. Joshua was a, a general type of leader, a military leader, a command leader. Moses was, was a, um, you know, a prophet and, um, and, and a leader, certainly. So I want to move on from someone, you know, thank God for them. Thank God for my daddy. Thank God yeah. for people that were in my life. Yes, they contributed something great, but they are no longer contributing in the way that, that someone else can right now. And so I'm, I never want to forget them, and it's okay. You're not dishonoring them to move past that. Certainly, if you're in grief, it's not a dishonor when God gives you the grace to move on. But we need to not stay stuck on, again, hero worship. This will be the, 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 the one guy or the one gal that, that I'll ever listen to exclusively. That's not the way to be. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's so much that can uh, go on from the great things Kevin just said. Is you know, here's the thing, folks. We have an innate desire within us to find people that kind of fill, you know, check the blocks. Boy, she's pretty. She checks the pretty block. Boy, she's nice. She checks the nice block. Boy, this guy over here, you know, he's a good-looking guy. Speaks well. He checks those two blocks. And God's saying, you know, cut all that out. You know, everybody's going to fall short of me, realize who I am in this whole situation. And then, you know, that, that even goes further, Kevin. You know, people 
Uh, birds of the feather flock together. You know, the, the Bible teaches us in Romans 12 to prefer the brethren. You know, God wants us to take this even a step farther. We got we to gotta get right with him, and then the balance comes in with everybody else. But at the same time, there should be a preference for the brethren. We should not forsake the assembly. We should want to be in church. We should want to be hanging out with the brethren. We should be wanting to do those things. Yesterday, mm. my my youngest son, Daniel, he's real outgoing, real nice guy. One of the nicest guys I ever met. And uh, both my boys are real, uh, real outgoing, real nice guys. And But Daniel took us over. He goes to church and uh, with a couple, and, and uh, her sister was there. So they invited us over for lunch. So we left our church and uh, ran down to their house and had a wonderful lunch, and we did all that. And I'm so glad I preferred the brethren. I was edified at that table. Mm. You know, we didn't eat any uh, <laughs> roasted leaders or preachers. We didn't eat any <sighs> bad. Th- you know what we talked about? What God has done in our lives and through our churches. Mm. And uh, what God's going to do in our lives. And I'll tell you, Kevin, we need that. <clears throat> we do. Boy, that is, that's a goal worth striving for right there. You know, some some people I'm sure that are listening here have been raised in a negative background. In other words, you're, you're literally your upbringing. You've been crystallized. You know, it might've been with a narcissistic mother. It might've been with just, just someone that, you know, was just more negative. They didn't know Christ. And, and we can still thank God for the good things at the input. We should honor them if, if they were our parent, you know, yeah. I mean, in the way we talk. However, the Bible says, confess the sins of your mothers and your fathers. What's that talking about? That's talking about to, to recognize where the honor stops and to say, it doesn't mean I have to be like, um, uh, was it Willie Nelson said, you know, I, I, it's a family tradition that I roll dope and smoke and <laughs> drink and everything. doesn't mean that we have to say, I'm following, you know, it's good enough for my daddy. Gonna, that's what I'm going to do. No, there comes a point where we say, yeah, that's not the path I'm going to go. God's given me a better path, and so I'm going to depart from the way that my heroes taught me or my parents taught me, and I want to become a um, an, independ- an, an individual independently dependent on Jesus Christ. And that is my goal. And these people here were missing, really, that Jesus was trying to say, let's get you, you know, Moses is a great guy. Your fathers were great, but guess what? They're dead. And why would you choose their way over God's way if they're if, if they're not the same path? So even if it's a parallel path, no, I want to jump on a Jesus path. I want to go not just the same direction on someone else's path. I want to be on God's path for me and take everyone I can along with me on that path so that they can... Uh, get plugged independently into Jesus as Take well. Take people, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Take other people with me. You know, it'd be a terrible thing, I think, Kevin, to get to heaven and have God say, where's your neighbors? Where's your kids? Where's your family? That would be, that'd be tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you go, holy Toledo, what in the world have I just done? And, and, uh, and, and folks, there's going to come a time where we're going to have to do that. You know, we're going to have to go to heaven and explain 
uh, you know, where's the folks that we loved in life? Where's the people mm-hmm. that we should have taken with us in life? Where's those things at? So again, we talked about that. We this this stuff from a practical position, from this wonderful practical position, as Kevin was saying. It, it, he gives us, God gives us this insurance of life. He reminds us again, I'm the bread of life. He even compares his bread to the bread of the manna that was dropped from heaven. They got one kind of food, nasty old bread every day that dropped from heaven. And I know it filled them. I know it was perfect from, I know it came from God, but he's saying is more than that. And uh, then he got starts talking about eating his flesh and drinking blood. And, and uh, uh, you know, there's something there. And we'll see this a little bit later in the Lord's Supper. Uh, but it's language to, you know, expressing the necessity to be intimately and personally receiving Christ. There's something going on here. He's, it's a sacrificial death he's going to give for us. He's, he's talking about this is what I do for you guys. And uh, a little later in the scripture, we're taught, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I went through. You see, when we do the Lord's Supper, it's not about us. It's about remembrance. Look what God did for us. And, mm-hmm. and we sit there and reflect and we beg God, we beg God for forgiveness. We don't want to go to that table unworthy. Well, like, God, these thoughts I have, these things I've been through, I mean, we're begging him, God, please, I'm not worthy to even be here and think about you. And then he talks about dwelling with him. I don't know about you, but there's going to be a, we get to dwell with Christ right here. And there's going to be a dwelling where we get to dwell with Christ face to face. And folks, you don't want to miss that. We sure do love you, folks. And listen, you got a great God who loves you. We want to see you at Camp Joy. May God bless you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.